0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode from Tech Sales Influencers with uh, me, James Hounslow, and today I was joined on the show by Gary Cole. Gary is the founder and CEO over at uh, Lumalinks, and I wanted to um, have Gary on the show to effectively demystify AI. Uh, AI is talked about every day and everything that we're looking and people talking about data and big data and my well, data is a mess. Um, and I wanted to have a conversation with Gary to simplify exactly what AI is and how we can use relevant data to move our business forward. It was an amazing conversation. I learned a lot. I hope you do too. Gary, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, It's a pleasure to have you on the um, show. The reason being is AI um, is a phrase that gets banded around quite a lot, and I'm hoping that you are going to demystify AI for us today. Um, Before we get into that, as a way of getting started, it'd be great for you just to give the viewers a background of who you are and um, who um, you work for and what you offer.
1: Yeah, perfect, thank you, James. Um, So yeah, I'm Gary Cole. Um, I've been in technology since I joined Rackspace in 2010, 2011 uh, time. I've uh, seen a whole transition of the move to cloud. Um, Also worked um, in in areas around uh, telecoms and those type of things for a smaller British company called Six Degrees. Uh, Previously, I was at the Royal Air Force. Um, And so, yeah, moving to technology was quite quite an eye-opener in that kind of sense. But I think that the the thing that you're alluding to, and it's hopefully the bit that we help with um, at LumaLinks, where I'm currently managing director, um, is that we help people understand and what the term AI means and what it means for them um, in exactly the same way that that I did when I when I joined Rackspace all those years ago and people trying to understand the move to cloud and what's this cloud technology and why would I go put my 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 data in in a place where everyone else is putting theirs. Um, so yeah, so effectively, Bloomlinks uh, we're a data science analytics company. Um, we we help businesses understand how they can use data. I think there's been a industry for a long time that has that's probably overserved or, or um certainly um, certainly hasn't been as transparent as it could be, particularly when it comes to buying and selling data. And then what do you do with the data once you've got it? Um, and yeah, that's the whole point. So we work particularly in strategy, sales, and marketing
0: nice nice so in your view what
1: is AI so good question so um, effectively um, and I'm not going to give you the technical term because you can easily look that up on on you know online Um, but effectively for me AI is simply the case of creating data relevance and automation in the workplace Um, so if you look at a whole—it's a—it's a really good catch-all phrase for we've gone through this transition of moving to a more on-demand cloud-based uh, um, area for our for our platforms. We've then heard and talked a lot about big data and why we should be storing it. And then lastly, it comes into this point of well, once we've got the data, you know, we've got our our kind of house in order in the sense of the technology we use. What do we now go do with it? And there's a whole raft of possibilities that people. Um, can create a really bespoke service um for, for your business. And I don't just mean the tool sets that are fantastic, particularly out there on AWS and uh, Microsoft and, and Google um, and, and a bunch of smaller players as well, by the way. Um, there's some really good tools out there, but actually the, the, for me, the catch all phrase of AI um, means how do you now make that data relevant to your organization? And gone are the days that actually we're gonna go through this data transformation type process. It's still really strong in the industry. At the moment, people talking about data transformation um, but i think that you know where where before it was kind of set against this really huge budget and you didn't know if it's going to work until the end of it you know ai basically is a, is a term that says actually you can make data relevance in your business today with small simple tools um, and not 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 making all of it it's simple because then it can go into some really complex um kind of processes and um that, that ai makes possible for businesses
0: um, so you mentioned a key part into that, which I think is is relevant data. Um, mm. And I like it too when I talk to um, a lot of managers about CVs and they want to see a volume of CVs. Yeah. It's actually relevant CVs you want to see, not volumes. Yeah, totally. When you're talking to an organisation, how do they understand, because there is so much data available and everything is tracked. How do you work out what's relevant data and what's not? What should you be tracking and looking
1: at? Yeah, I think that the term I've heard so many times is "oh, our data is a mess, so we can't really do do much." Um, and I think that's the bit that actually that you, that you need to that needs to stop, um, because the the point of of your question is where do they start? Um, you know. Is, is ultimately you've got to start with your board's objectives or your company objectives. You know, today it's no longer the case that I think you need to actually step outside your box and say, well, how can we use these this tool? Actually what you need to be able to say is these are our objectives and get someone in to actually can understand to say, well actually we can complete those objectives either cheaper, either either producing more revenue or or more productive for you. You know, um and and that's the bit that you that I always say is more is more important the what's the art of the possible um because the art of the possible is a fantastic conversation you know but actually it's somewhere that leads that leads to somewhere that's not as relevant to your business um if i give you a quick example on where to start so working with a uh, with a ship broker um that part of their objective was to be the first broker to market with news around cargo vessels moving around the around the world um and so it was, although that's a huge topic, so I'm not starting lightly. So apologies for that. Um, part of the the process was to say, well, this is my problem. How can you solve it? And you can solve it with. With predict a predictive engine it's being track you know there's plenty of tools um, that track uh, the global movements of, of tankers etc around the world but actually and without going too much into detail um, there's actually ways to actually create a predictive engine that that's that's really reliable and therefore when you're going to market and telling your clients actually what happens with each particular vessel you're the one in the know and I think it's bits like that that actually wasn't a huge investment but it's bits like that that can actually make you really really stand out in the market and then those type of things sit across the whole strategy sales and marketing um, you know people talk about chatbots and those type of things rpa so automatic processing there's a whole raft of different things that can happen but if you think about the, the ability to know the you know or decide make a strategic decision about your data and then how do you automate those tasks throughout that you know then then i think you're on a good path so
0: that's that's interesting so You you mentioned um, earlier there that everyone's data is in a mess, and I hear that an awful lot um, as well, because people are just collecting every piece of data that they have, there's no rhyme or reason behind it, so do do you recommend um, that organisations should have some form of data something I don't want to overuse the word data scientist either. Data engineer, yeah, yeah. mm. they get branded under all sorts of things. Yeah, totally. Um, but should they have somebody inside who is cleaning that data or sectioning the data so that someone like yourselves can come in and then take over and actually make that the relevance of that data and do something with it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that I think that if you if you ask some of my team, um, I'm particularly thinking about um, uh, Dr. Tim Dry's might my business partner um he'll he he would love he'd love that to be the reality but i don't think that's actually likely i think that i think if i if i change the question slightly i say most businesses should think about um something called the analytics adoption curve Um, and the analytics adoption curve basically is 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 a place where you can where you can start um to think about data in a way that actually is um and it might be worth yeah Uh, kind of talking through the um, analytics option show but it's a way that businesses can actually start to look at where they are and also what type of investment they want to make Uh, I think that the the best place for businesses to start is to to think about the analytics adoption curve, um, because I think it gives them the ability to know how much investment they want to put into data. Do they want to be a data first um, organisation? It's not the right approach for everyone. Um, it is the right approach for what I think is the majority. Um, so. Uh, as you can see the analytics option curve ahead of you um, really, if you look at the descriptive, the bottom of that curve, you know, it's a really good mechanism um, for, to give you reporting, you know, what's happened in our business, how do I make understand, you know, how to make judgment decisions based on, on what's happened previously. You know, you're talking about an analyst there um, who can, who can manipulate power behind some, you know, some good ways in that kind of sense. When you come into the predictive, you know, that's where people are kind of today. Okay, cool. We know what we did, but what's our forecast? our sales forecast for example for the next quarter and um, that's when you're in kind of this insight and now there's some really good analysts that can do there and you've also got some you've also got some strong kind of data scientists that can understand python code and can automate these tasks one of the things that i always say with this part is actually where businesses can really go wrong and fall down um, because a lot of the ways and the techniques or the modeling that people do is they take your client base for example and i'm going to specifically use the model of sales forecasting and They'll average out all of the of the revenue. So, say you've got five thousand clients; they averagely spend a thousand pounds. Problem is with that. I think people are starting to understand that you miss a huge amount of outliers. You know, um, in that kind of sense, and they're normally just working on one variable, so they're just working on sales, but they aren't. When they, you know, when you break down those kind of forecasts, really you should be looking at types of revenue and um, types of payment types. You know, there's a whole bunch of categories that, that some people will take an average or a means of, and it really doesn't give you very good insight in that layer. So, you know, one of my, one of my things um, is, that, is that people need to skill up to different types of modeling um, in that point. And, and then going on to the how do you optimize your business is then you've got the prescriptive okay, cool, so now we know what we've done, how do we use, you know, kind of, um, whether it's cool, whether it's AI, again, I'm, I'm using it with a smile on my face because of the term, whether it's machine learning or whether it's actually just some really good um, analytics um, uh, modeling um, or methodologies, you know, is this is the bit where actually it gives you, um, it gives you what should I go do for my business to be successful. And you need someone of quite seniority to be able to know the level of methodology you should use. You know, there's some pieces around survival analysis, which is really good for client segmentation. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other other things that I can point people to, um, but it certainly can give you that point of, you know, um, when you're making strategic decisions, the data can actually give you that de- that level of detail. You know, there's so many people that I'm, you know, I, I think a good term in marketing, you know, I know I know I'm wasting 50% of my marketing. I've just got no clue which half I'm wasting. Yeah. You know, um, and that's because of things that people don't do in these kind of layers. And and to be fair, some of these methodologies. Are just coming uh, to the to the forefront now. There's something called causal inference, which basically takes you away from. Uh, from looking at um, last click attribution, i.e., okay, i got, I got 50 leads from Google Ads, you know, but actually, did you get 50 leads from Google Ads or did you get 50 leads from a newspaper article that you put in and they just happened to then see a Google Ad you know, and that's what made them activate? Now, arguably, that still is 50 leads from, from Google Ads, but if you hadn't placed that newspaper article or if you didn't sponsor that event, if you didn't do that white paper or that podcast, you wouldn't have got those activations and people need to start thinking that the power of of, of all these new methodologies um, in data actually enables you to go into kind of behavioral science of how people work. Now, you know, that's, it's quite a, a scary and going back to my point on the analytics option curve, it's quite a scary and a um, uh, kind of big strategic decision to say, we're gonna be a data led organization. But I think if people can, I suppose, at least assess the analytics option curve, where are they happy to be on that curve? They can then outsource to, organizations like us at Loomlinks to do that specialist bit of work, you know, um, personally we do all of it, we like to go from, you know, from an Azure data platform, for example, looking after people's data all the way to then going okay you've got something really innovative on, you know, that, that would actually qualify for um, R&D tax credits and maybe we can talk about that later. Um, actually we want to do something that's going to put us at the forefront of the market you know and therefore actually we're going to go we're going to heavily invest now again i still think that there's the great thing about data is the majority of the work is done in advance you know so actually having some people that have got that have got those skill sets will save you a huge ton of money um and resources uh you know kind of uh, making sure that a project is actually successful
0: so just looking at um I find this quite interesting this uh, this graph you got there. Would you say then the the descriptive piece is is quite for mm. The guys in there, the where it goes wrong is around that predictive part. Because if you're taking an average over a large amount, um, yeah. then what if you haven't quite got that right? Once you move into the next stage, it's not as yeah. accurate as it could be.
1: Yeah they are they are separate stages so it doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't build one correctly the next one won't work but they they they're hugely leaning on each other so yeah. if you make if you make decisions about your past you know um about your descriptive stage you know uh, about what's happened in your business over the last 6 months you know and if you get that wrong it will misinform obviously what goes forward yeah. um but effectively, you know, uh, you can think of them as different parts. My my big thing is because the majority of people are pushing um, the predictive part, you know, i.e. how can I create my reporting today to look at my past and then what am I going to do going forward? A lot of people are stuck in this predictive part rather than moving into real data science, apart from the large enterprises, you know, Mars, higher. You know one of the most you know amounts of data scientists in the uk at the moment you know large businesses are investing really heavily in in a skill set particularly of people with abilities to code on python um yeah so so i think the, the the point is most people are kind of making a small bet and they're going in this predictive stage and sometimes they're not getting it right and therefore it can create quite a dangerous position for a business
0: interesting so here's here's a big uh, open question for you mm. um, a lot of businesses did very well and survived long before these graphs arrived. Long before yeah. data sciences exists. Mm. Why? Why? Why do we need them? Why do we
1: need? Brilliant question. You know why do um, Why do we need data? And I think that the, the ultimate question. If you look at the um, FTSE 500, you know, or or, or any other the other um, kind of top tier businesses, they've changed. A lot more regularly than they ever have before. Yeah. You know, actually, businesses didn't exist 20, 30 years ago and now part of that kind of elite club and, and businesses that had been historically, you know, um, alive for a long time. And, you know, there's well publicized with the demise of Blockbuster, you know, and the fact they didn't move online and those type of things. And ultimately, that's the reason is that if if you've got a specialist niche and, and I think I did say that not everyone should invest heavily in analytics. You know, there's some really good cheap tools out there, you know, that um, that, that you can integrate. But again, part of that integration is, the, is your overall estate and having too many tools and therefore they're not getting used. Um, but yeah, the, the ones that should invest um, that don't have a particular niche or that someone can come and disrupt is ultimately you have, we have got a, Um, you know in the backdrop of covid we have got a time where 2021 is going to be one of the biggest disruptive years for businesses and because because the use of technology these days it's so it's so much cheaper than it's ever been you know it's so much easier the knowledge is so much more spread you know that if you don't innovate someone else is going to Um, and you can wipe off you know you can save tens of thousands pounds you know or you know Tens or hundreds of heads by automating a, a chatbot system, for example, you know actually if you look if you look past that, what I think that um that you're you're actually getting to is that this data kind of um, period of innovation is actually enabling more customer service now that was certainly the case before covid whether that's going to be the case after covid i'm not sure but people were demanding more you know they were demanding a better experience you know and i think that i think that some of these tools enable you to do that not just um, to a case of automating direct to an end consumer, whether it's B2B or B2C, but actually empowering your employees to, to have the information to hand. You know, um, I think there's this things around there that's actually really powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think that anyone on a, on, a, on a board of a major company or a small company, you know, are looking um, at how do we, how do we grow? How do we create safety for our employees? And how do we create a remarkable experience for our customers? Yeah. You know, naturally, there's some exceptions that are all there. I think there's some there's some some great ones where actually people say, "No, we're not going to create a remarkable experience. We're cheap," and and that's a great thing. But yeah, I think that in in the in the large part, the majority of businesses are going to need to be better with data, and they're going to be need to be better with with insight. Otherwise, they just won't survive.
0: Interesting, and so. In, in layman terms, um, for yep. me, where do you guys um, sit then? So it's not like about specific type of data and information you bring out, is that you work with people to understand what their data is and the relevance to it? So it could be working across a whole organization, or it could be working with the sales part of the organization to understand the content of their market, or it could be working with a, um, a trading organization trying to look at the data that they're using about who's. You- utilizing
1: and using fuel and who's not yeah know, just and just being really transparent i I believe in it is that you know luma links we're we're about two years old now in that sense um we are um we're at this point where we we really believe in the productization of these data services to make them available to all people um at the same time naturally with any with any startup we we enjoy the fact that the the, the tools that we're trying to build should come from our experiences of problems that we've solved. Yeah. And so therefore, you know, our, one of my biggest enjoyments is when we work for an organization, instead of the term data transformation, that to just say, right, we're, we've moved to the cloud. What do we do now? You know, and, and again, the, the Great thing about that is always bring them back to what do they want to achieve as a business. So one firm that we're working with in the financial sector, you know, is that they're looking at retirement funds and um, as well as, you know, other services. And the question that they need to know is what's the next best action that we should do with our clients. You know, and that's that's a it's a such a great one because actually you get this ability to segment those clients into into several different areas that are more aligned to the company direction and strategy. And therefore you can personalize the journey. And one thing that we're really adamant about is that for, there's a drive at the moment, particularly from some of the, the larger platforms to collect data on individuals. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's quite well publicized. I don't think we're saying anything shocking, but at the same time, I think that we're getting to a point where as a society, we're not quite sure if we're happy with it. You know, and I think rightly, because actually there's, there's, the line's been broken too many times, you know, and, and you've seen it with Cambridge Analytica and Aggregate IQ that are in popular Netflix documentaries. All around political movements and how you persuade people to do things. The thing is that as, as an individual we are we do inherently like to copy you know and, and the, our belief is actually that you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be modeling or actually you're not allowed to model on individuals that's against the regulations you should be modeling on groups of people and therefore those groups remain anonymous. The great thing about that is actually you can get more insight than than actually by modeling on individuals. So our belief is that data privacy is a really important part. And that when you work with these organizations, you know, and I say the fun projects is when they say, Well, these are our business objectives. What do we do? Actually being able to say, Well, let's segment that that client base. Let's look at the tools that they that they should be using. And sometimes the the, the drive is, well, we want to drive all our clients online, you know, and sometimes it's that's not the right thing to do. Actually, what you need to do is you need to keep engaging with these people via letters. You know, um, and it's surprisingly everyone would normally assume that that's the older generation, but it's not. Actually, some of the new generation coming through who aren't haven't been used to door drops and you know a receiving mail actually really do value uh, mail in that sense. So there's a there's an argument and or a behavioural science on both sides of, of the age um, uh, spectrum. So yes, so um, effectively, I suppose, as Luminix are, are the bit that we enjoy is working to solve business problems for people um, and showing them how to use technology in a way that's that's, one, really cost efficient, but two, can really drive uh, optimization of sales channels, of lead generation, of all those things, and and I just put this last point in. Yeah. One of the one of the biggest things that I always implore people to do is stop paying for data, you know, and um, that's not relevant. So many businesses are buying data, they are it then goes to a sales team, they look at it, go, what on earth do I do with this? Close it down, and that money's just been wasted. You know, there's huge amounts of data. We worked with a um, insurance company. Um, who sell specialist insurance to um, to people in thatched houses, you know, um, grade two listed buildings, those type of things? And we were able to source all this open source data and create um, a, a marketing segmentation based on they know exactly where to go target. You know, they know that they know their total addressable market, and therefore they can stop wasting money, which is unfortunately happens a lot in in the areas of buying data and also marketing. So,
0: interesting. So, um. In a nutshell there really is, is data is a critical part in moving forward and making sure that you're moving forward in the right direction and you're maximizing uh, new opportunities, you're maximizing um, the current customers that you have because I think even going forwards, um, you know, it's been a much bigger play for organizations to maximize clients that have already agreed to work with them than looking to go and win um, new logos. Um, for people that have been listening to uh, what you've been talking about today and, and are in a situation where, in where they could probably utilise help from you guys, how do they go about getting in contact with you guys and, uh, and setting up a conversation?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it'd be great to hear, um, even just to offer some advice to people. So please feel free to get in contact. Um, one of the things that I've always got to do is keep my team uh, with fascinating projects. So, uh, so even just having a conversation is worthwhile. Um, but yes, uh, you know, uh, lumalinks.com is our website. Uh, my email address is gary at lumalinks.com um find me on linkedin you know those type of things uh love to love to just have a virtual coffee um in these times or an actual coffee um in in when we're when we're um in less lockdown situations in the future. Um, But yeah, really happy to just just chat through things, um, to talk to them about a data strategy. Like I say, we we like looking after people's data platforms because then we're their trusted advisor for their innovation projects. I'll add that point in on R&D tax credits is a lot of people don't utilize um, R&D research and development um, credits that they can get back from the government if you need to create um, some sort of, uh, industry specific development software, you know, you can create, you can normally get majority of that funding back from the government. And actually I'm not a tax advisor, I can't offer anyone advice, but there are some really good ways that you can actually, can actually take grip of the fact of, you know, um, again, using that broad that broad term AI, you can really, if you do decide you're one of those businesses that want to be data first and want to use um, innovation, you can. You, there's some pretty good incentives out there by the UK government um, to be able to do that. Um, but again, like I say, actually there's some really cheap um, tools um, that we can help advise or, or even or even deploy for you that actually will will take a good grip of of how you choose your strategy for your business, how you look at your sales and your current client base, and then obviously how you go reach out. Um, as well as R&D and, uh, and, sorry, logistics and all those type of things as well, so. Nice.
0: perfect. All right, Gary, um, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you. It's actually made uh, quite a challenging topic for me, uh, a little bit more understandable where it is, um, and I'll probably talk to you offline about how you might be able to uh, help us in recruitment. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Thanks, right. James. Thank you very much. Cheers.